Coach the Person, Not the Problem with Marsha Reynolds. Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join national presenter and consultant Rory Rowland as he discusses another aspect of powerful coaching and how it transforms people to improve your organization. Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Roland. Hi, Rory. Hey, Paul. How are you, my friend? I'm doing good, but I'm a little scared a little bit about this title. Am I the problem? No? <laughs> You're not the problem, but uh, Ooh, okay. there are people out there that are. So Okay. All right. Okay. All right. All right. So I'm just the person, but this is uh, a con- another leadership coaching conversation that you've had mm-hmm. with a, a renowned author, actually uh, the person that you're talking to today just released her book. So tell us a little bit about why it's so important to reach out to all these different people like you've talked to Marsha Reynolds. Well, I'm going to give you a little bit of background on Marsha Reynolds and tell you a little bit about why we talked to her. But, uh, you know, she is Dr. Marsha Reynolds. She's written four books. Uh, this one is just released in June of this year. And she already has 82 reviews online, and they're all five stars. So she's just wow. rocking it with this book. I agree with him. It's probably one of my top five coaching books of all time, uh, which is, you know, just a brand new book to jump that high on the list is pretty, pretty remarkable. Mm-hmm. So she just did a great job there. And she just got some great insights on coaching the person, not the problem. A lot of times coaches feel like, or managers feel like they got to fix the person. And, and really what you got to do is, is help the person fix the problem. It's not you coaching them, you know, you're not, not you telling them how to fix the problem, but you helping them work through the process so they can solve the problem. So coach the person, not the problem, pretty insightful idea and an extremely well-written book. Well, I'm anxious to hear this conversation with uh, another coaching expert like yourself. And again, what an opportunity you've done interviewing these different people and adding on to the idea that coaching can really bring out the potential in yourself and your organization. So You bet, my friend. So here is your conversation with Marsha Reynolds. Coach the person, not the problem. Marsha Reynolds, I'm glad you're here. Oh, thank you, Rory. Thanks for inviting me. Well, thank you for the opportunity. I'm really excited about this. I love the book. You take a a little bit different approach to it, but just help us understand coach the person, not the problem. Because a lot of business managers or a lot of people who are not professional coaches, uh, they want to bring a person in and, okay, we've got this problem. Let's fix this problem. And give me the distinction, the difference in that. Most of the time as a leader, we think our role is to be the expert and to give people advice and tell them how to fix things. Um, well, that's nice, but it, it, what it does is it kind of makes people very passive. They don't think things through themselves. They think, well, my boss will solve it for me, and it doesn't matter whatever I do. You know, he or she's going to give me what they want. Right. <laughs> and, and, and then when we tell people uh, what to do, we're only using the cognitive brain, which is the memory is called short-term memory, which means whatever it is you tell people, they're not likely to remember the whole thing anyway. So, and then you get mad. It's like, I told you to do this. It's like, well, you know, and and then there's misunderstandings and you think that they don't care about you. And so um, telling can have negative effects. Mm -hmm. Um, And when you think about your role as a leader, you know, what exactly are you doing? And we might want to help develop people's skills, but what about developing their mind? 
these days being agile and thinking on your feet and, and counting on your employees to be able to do things on their own without you is critical. Mm-hmm. So you need to help them think for themselves to think more broadly beyond the problem to what else is possible because it's going to be useful for both you and them. Yeah, because the key, the measure of a manager is not how the employee performs while they're there, but how they perform mm-hmm. after they're gone. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, what and happens by, when you leave? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What Can they still do the job when you're not there? Yeah. So I love this quote in the book and you say, coaching should be a process of inquiry, not a series of questions. The intent of inquiry is not to find solutions, but provide critical thinking about their own thoughts. Mm-hmm. Help me with that process a little bit. Why is that so important? A process of inquiry, not just a series of questions. Questions can be useful, but what we're trying to do in order to change minds is to get people to actually take their thinking, their stories out of their brain and, and put them out on the table to look at them as if they were watching a movie mm. of, oh, that's how I think about that. And when you do that, they automatically see the gaps in their logic, the the old beliefs that they've been holding on to that no longer serve them or the crazy things they're making up about, well, what if this happens? And if they see that themselves right away, they make changes. Um, mm-hmm. The best way to do that is to use reflection, not just mm-hmm. questions. So just by simply saying, so this is what you're telling me. Um, that, that, and you just kind of summarize it, drill it down to, you know, you see that there's three problems um, and I'm wondering which is you think is the most um, important one to attack first, mm-hmm. you know, cause people can sit there and talk about their problems for hours, <laughs> <laughs> but if you summarize it and drill it down, they're like, yeah, that's true. You know, it is just these three problems. Well, actually, I think this is the one we need to address. So you start to move them forward in their thinking by just reflecting to them, by summarizing, encapsulating, uh, using metaphors. Um, And then the questions come from your curiosity where you just say, so, you know, which one is most important or where do you think these three problems came from? your questions come from curiosity, not memory. If you're just sitting there remembering, what were those questions I read in that book? Then you're not present with the person and you really won't hear what they have to say. Just as a side note, Mm -hmm. um, I've been studying learning and how we learn and grow, um, I hate to say, for over 30 years. (laughs) (laughs) My second master's was in adult learning in the late 80s. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) Um, you know, and, and, and when the brain stuff came in, there was so much at coaching is a learning process. What we're helping people do is to learn, um, to think more broadly for themselves, which is learning. Um, it's not therapy, um, you know, and again, it's not managing, telling them. And this came out of learning theory from the early 1900s, uh, where educational reformers are trying to get teachers to get students to think more broadly for themselves instead of just opening up their brain and dumping in information. And so as a manager, you don't want to do that, open up their brain and dump in information because it doesn't stick. You know, so how can you truly have them learn and change and rewire their brains? That's what reflective inquiry does. Yeah. And it's such an incredibly powerful tool. I love it. And that's where I see the, the light bulbs go on. 
Um, I think absolutely. <laughs> I was trying to think of the the coach that told me recently: if we if we try too hard to ask the magical question, we're focusing too much on us and not enough on them. Absolutely, absolutely. Or another coach recently said, "Then we're taking up too much space." <laughs> right, we're becoming the important part of the pro. Right. Uh, yeah, when we're trying to be brilliant, that's the worst thing that we can do. Yeah, uh, yeah. We say thinking is the enemy of the coach. Right. Yeah. <laughs> don't thinking. try to be. Right. Be don't present. try to be. <laughs> Receive to, what they give you and give it back. It's as simple as that. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's ex don't make it too hard. Just listen to them, really absorb them and say, okay, where are they going? Where are they trying to get? And also what, you know, what's their blind spot? What are the thing they're not seeing here that we might be able to highlight and bring it to their attention? Right. But, but don't say, oh, I see what your blind spot is. Right. Then they'll just resist that. Right. So, you know, so that has to come, you know, again, often with reflection, if you just say, so let me just get it straight. This is how you see the situation. Oftentimes, just saying that, they'll recognize that there's something missing in their story, mm -hmm. you know, and so the reflection, um, and, and then you can just say, so is there anything missing? Is there anything you might not be seeing? Boom, you know, they start to think about, aha, uh -huh, I wonder what that is. You know, if you tell them, I think you're missing something here, then they resist it. Right. And, and sometimes we get so concerned that, oh my God, they won't see the blind spot or they're not aware of it. And I'll give you an example of that. I was working with a uh, a young woman, and she's incredibly ambitious, incredibly hardworking, incredibly talented. But with that, when she talks to people, she wants to get right to the point. You know, she's just driven, wants to get to the point and, and doesn't want to engage them in a conversation, just wants to tell them, these are the things you need to do. I asked her, I said, okay, what do you want to work on? And she goes, I'm just too focused. I'm too affrontal. I'm too aggressive in our conversations. And I need to learn how to to do this. And we're in a long-term coaching agreement. So I said, just follow this process and you do this. You just, when you're in meetings, you ask questions rather than tell people what to do and say, what do you think? Uh, that would be, that's the greatest thing. I heard a, a coach of the day uh, say, master the art of asking, what do you think? Mm -hmm. What do and you I, think? I don't yeah. know. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> well, and then it's whoever stops playing that game first, you know, who says, okay, this is what I think. Mm -hmm, yeah. Um, you know, but leaders, Rory, get into this, their own head of, of who they think they are, mm -hmm. you know, that they're the expert, the, the fixer, the, they were promoted for, for what they know. Right. Um, and so for a leader to change their habits, they have to recognize that, you know, uh, leadership means something else. It's not just knowing and fixing. It's mm -hmm. also developing, mm -hmm. um, developing others. And, and these days, that's what people want. You know, each the generations coming in, they want to be listened to, they want to be valued, and they want to be developed mm -hmm. much more than um, like when I was in corporate. <laughs> so, I mean, I wanted that, but I didn't expect it. But the employees today expect it. Yeah, um, I would I would agree with that completely. Mm -hmm. I had a, a manager and in, in she just took over a new branch to do a lot of uh, work with financial institutions. She just took over a new mm -hmm. branch. Um, her most experienced and senior person walked into her office like the first five minutes she was there on a Monday morning and said, I just want to give you my two weeks notice. And, you know, and mm -hmm. she panicked. She goes, no, don't do this. She goes, come in here, close the door. Let's sit down for a minute. And so she just wanted to get some time to think. And she said uh, to her, if you stay, I'll grant you five wishes. What are your five wishes? Uh -huh. And right. she, 
and she's and she was praying that she didn't ask for more money or vacation time or things like that, the things that were out of her control. And what she discovered is exactly the point you were talking about is being developed and, and mentored and nurtured and grown. Mm -hmm. She said, I want to learn this. I want to learn this. I want to learn this. If you teach me that. And she goes, we can do all of those things. If you, if you, if I promise you, and I will work on that, even starting today, I'll show you those things. Will you reconsider? And she did. And the great part of the story is at the end, probably a year and a half later, she was uh, helping mentor some brand new folks in the office and the mm. employee and the employee and the manager overheard this person who was going to quit. Uh, they asked her, you know, why do you like working here? And she goes, they listen and they help me grow. Yeah. See, they, and give her challenges. So, um, so Rory, my, my doctoral dissertation was on um, high achieving women in the workplace. Okay. And um, what I found was, um, you know, they're not working primarily for um, titles and money. They're working for motion and meaning mm -hmm. that they want frequent new challenges. They want to be listened to and respected. Um, and they want to know that what they do is significant, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that's, that would, that's their wishes. Mm -hmm. That's their wishes. And so to be afraid, oh, they're going to ask me for these things that I can't give them. You know, you need to know they're smarter than that. Right. They're smarter than that. And so we have to trust that these are smart people we're working with mm -hmm. and that they do want um, a partnership conversation with you. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what you identified there, and I'm going to rephrase it uh, in a little bit different, but what you discovered there was really an important key in the process. Daniel Pink wrote the book Drive, and he talks mm -hmm. about autonomy, mastery, mastery, and purpose. And really, that's what those are through different words than you were using. But, you know, if you identify those and you help people mm -hmm. that did that mastery, purpose, and autonomy, mm -hmm. it's going to be pretty magical, the experience that they're going to have in the workplace. Right, right. We have to look at them as human beings mm -hmm. <laughs> that and, and have these great desires um, in their life and dreams. And can we help them achieve that? Yeah, that's, that is so important. That is so critical. You've got a number of components in the, you know, kind of, well, really from my perspective, like five basic components with it, um, if, I'm, if I'm understanding it correctly. Uh, mm -hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong. But to kind of walk us through that, you know, those five steps that, that are so critical in, mm -hmm. you know, coaching the person, not the problem. Well, you know, first I want to say, Rory, it's an interesting thing because there's two parts. There's the mm -hmm. five essential practices, which are like the right. skills. And then there's the three um, mental habits. And I okay. went back and forth with, um, okay, do I do the mental habits first or the skills first? And What's interesting is I'm doing this six-month program called Breakthrough Coaching mm -hmm. for the World, World Business and Economic Coaching Summit um, starting in October. Mm -hmm. And we went the other way. We started with mindset because I said, you know, I want to start with mindset. But it's a chicken and egg thing. You know, mm -hmm. do you skills or do you do the mindset? So I'm going to tell you the skills, but I want to throw in the mindset um, at Please. the end real quickly. Um, but the first skill is shifting to coaching the person, not the problem. Mm -hmm. and, and that the main thing is what we were just talking about, Rory, that you have to remember that this person sitting in front of you, no matter how much experience they have, mm -hmm. they're creative, they're resourceful, they can figure this out if you help them. Mm -hmm. So you have to believe in that. Mm -hmm. You have to believe in that. And to know that once they figure it out, you're actually changing their brain mm -hmm. and changing their behavior for good. 
So if right. you want long-term behavioral change, you know, and a, and a brain expansion, you coach a person's thinking, mm -hmm. okay, not solving the problem. That's the first one. And then we get into the skills of what I call active replay. So they're not mirroring where I just tear it back to you. But we talked about this earlier, um, where I'm helping you take the story out of your head and look at it by using a lot of reflective statements mm -hmm. as well as questions. And I'm not just reflecting your words, but what's so powerful is when you have an emotional shift. Mm -hmm. I think that's when I, especially when I have coached leaders, like the moment they look away and get quiet, what happened there? Mm -hmm. Or they get a little nervous or embarrassed. Mm -hmm. There's something that's not being said. And if you can bring that forward, you can help them face, you know, that blind spot you were talking about earlier. You can help mm -hmm. them, them see what they've been not wanting to look at. Right. So we do a lot of active replay in the process. And then the next skill is called brain hacking, where we actually then go deeper. You know, one of the great things is when we coach the person off the problem, we're creating a space to where we're truly listening to them and they feel they can express themselves. Um, and maybe the only time during work that they can. Mm -hmm. So at this point, we can go a little deeper and try to understand, you know, what are the expectations that they had that weren't met? Or oftentimes there's a conflict of values. You know, they, they want to do this, but they think they should do that. Every time they use the word should or but, you know, behind the but is a fear. Behind the should is uh, a, a conflict of, of what people will think uh, mm -hmm. as opposed to what I think. So the brain hacking means just going deeper and helping people look much more deeply inside. And then we have structure. So, you know, we talked about coaching models. I don't like coaching models to remember them while you're coaching. Right. You know, like, what's the model? Where am I on the grow model? <laughs> you know, it's like, really? You know, right. and, and it shouldn't be linear anyway. Um, they're good for discussion, but not good for use. Mm -hmm. uh, but there is structure in coaching. You still always at the beginning, you have to know where are we going with this? What is it you want to create that you don't have? And that could take up the whole coaching time, you know, because mm -hmm. people are so confused and all over the place and, and helping them drill down. Mm -hmm. So it sounds to me as what you really want to resolve is this, not this. Is that true? That can happen multiple times. Mm -hmm. So we have to have a destination. I always have to flip them out of the problem into what they want to create or what they, how they want to change. Um, and we coach to that. That's critical. And a lot of coaches miss that that keeps it on track. And I'm very direct about we're getting off track here. Are we still working on this? And then when we close it out, the, the number five, I call it new and next. I always say, so what is it that you're learning here? What was the insight? What came up for you? And then ask, so now what actions are you going to take? They have to articulate the insight in order to act on it. But once they articulate it, then you can get them to commit to at least one step, if not a mm -hmm. whole plan. We open very with structure of where we're going, where are we going? We close with what are you going to do? And then in the middle, it's spontaneous. Mm -hmm. Which is why you need to then develop your mental habits of being fully present. Mm -hmm. And in the book, there's three mental habits. I go into them in depth about how to be present, how to fully receive without judgment, <laughs> and, and how not to analyze and 
just appreciate what they give you because that's mm-hmm. where they are right now. And that's where we start. You got to know how to use the mental habits in order for the person to feel safe with you mm-hmm. to allow you to coach them. Yeah. Cause psychological safety is so important. The coaching so process, important. it really yeah. is the three mental habits. Uh, again, can you just summarize them real quick? What are the three yeah. mental habits? The first one is what I call align your brains. And, and that's, you know, we have a, our nervous system, we have our head, our heart, and our gut are fully attached and talking to each other all the time. So it's not woo-woo to say, listen to your heart. It's actually talking to you right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> because it's all a part of one organ called the mm-hmm. nervous system. So if we, there's a lot of research that if we <sighs> just relax and we care about the person, we open our heart and uh, we activate our courage, we open our gut, that that there's a psychological safety that's created just by opening the nervous system. Hmm. But that allows us to be fully present and then to receive everything they're giving us because we're not sitting there in our brain. So mm-hmm. um, I receive, don't just listen, I receive um, your words, your emotional expressions, your, your hesitations, what's underneath that. And, and then I just share it back with you. Here's what I hear, here's what I notice, here's what I'm sensing. And, and I appreciate what you, how you respond. You can confirm, you can deny, you can change it. Mm-hmm. But we're just thinking together. Coaching means you're a thinking partner. And then the third one, so you have align your brains, re- receive, don't just listen. And the third one is catch and release judgment because judgment is an emotion. We think it's an opinion, but it's an emotion. And so you can catch it before it gets in the way. Um, and I learned this because I teach a lot in China and have for a decade and they trigger my judgment all the time because our value systems are so different. And it's great. I feel it right here and I can go, ah, and I can ah, breathe and release it. So even the, the desire to tell them what to do is judging they can't figure it out. So catching and releasing judgment is a really an advanced skill that you need to work on. Mm, yeah. And it's so powerful. And with coaching, it's so hard not to be judgmental, but you've got to step away to make sure you don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. It takes a lot of practice because um, judgment is a survival instinct. You know, we were judging the moment we were able to think. So we've mm-hmm. been doing this all our lives. The moment you walk in a room of people and you look around and try to decide where to sit down, you're judging. Mm-hmm. Um And so we're all judgy people. So you don't want to say I'm not judgmental. You want to say, okay, let me catch my judgment because it will be there. Right. It's there to keep me safe. Um, Catch the judgment or, or uh is there, is there some mechanism I can put the bias aside so that I'm not using it? I wouldn't say put it aside. I breathe and release it. Let it go. Oh, okay. Let it go. A frozen, there's got to be a frozen reference here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love that. <laughs> got to be a frozen reference. Um, I've got a granddaughter who loves frozen, so she just thinks that's absolutely terrific. Oh, <laughs> I love one of the quotes in the book. It says, Learning often happens in the moment of awkward uncertainty. And what do you mean by that? Well, that was my last book, The Discomfort Zone. And I wrote mm-hmm. that for leaders um, on how to deal with uncomfortable conversations. And, and I'm not saying make them comfortable. I'm saying understand the power of discomfort. Mm-hmm. That in order for me to, to be open to learning, I have to let go of what I know. Mm-hmm. Okay, that moment of letting go of what I know is not comfortable. And people may be embarrassed. They may 
have nervous laughter, they may get angry with you, you mm -hmm. know, because it's not a comfortable feeling. You know, the brain's primary purpose is to make meaning. And so if all of a sudden I don't know, right. uh, then it's uncomfortable. The brain will quickly rewire and figure out something new to know. So as a coach, you just have to allow the discomfort and their emotions to happen and just, you know, <sighs> breathe through and they will process it and they'll come out the other side. So um, learning happens in the moment of uncertainty. I love that because the sooner people kind of almost embrace that uncomfortableness, that not knowing mm -hmm. is when advances truly happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, I said to you that I'm all about learning theory. Mm -hmm. That's how we learn. Mm -hmm. you know, and the older we are and the more we know, the more we close down to learning. And so sometimes when I, when I make that reflection, it pings your brain and mm -hmm. you're like, oh my God, there is something else that I'm not looking at. And that's not comfortable. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you completely. We should, talk, we should do another podcast on just adult learning. But when I promote my sales training, I don't say it's sales training. I say it's sales learning. Yeah, because, very good, very good. And, yeah. and the reason I do that is, and I hope you'll like this, I rarely, if ever, tell them, this is how you do it. Mm -hmm. I, I don't do that. I say, okay, tell me a success story. And then I basically ask three questions. Tell me a success story. You know, have somebody in the group tell me a success story of some sale they had this week. And somebody will tell you a story. And I say, great. And then I say, okay, everybody take a moment. Uh, write down what did they do well. And so everybody takes a moment to write down what do they do well. And they, that invokes peer pressure because when somebody starts writing something down, everybody starts doing it. So you get control of the group, mm. but it's the peer pressure that's in leading the group than that. So then I say, okay, then what did they do? And then we talk about it. Okay, great. And then I said, okay, what could they do better? Write it down and then let's debrief it. And so, okay, what did they do great? Uh, or what could they have done better? Then we talk about that. And then how could we make the sales opportunity? It, were there sales opportunities that were missed here? And I literally just rinse and repeat. And mm -hmm. I've had CEOs and we've had great results from it. And I've had CEOs after a while, they say after about 18 months, they go, well, this is the same thing over and over again. And I say, yes, it is. And, and they go, but I want to see you do something different. And I say, well, let me ask you this. Are your people asking for something different? Mm -hmm. She goes, no. And I said, see, because you're looking at a perspective of, of the CEO observing the process Mm -hmm. And you're saying this is the same process over and over again. But for them, it's different because I'm not talking. They are. Right. And every day is different for them. We wake up with a really different. We don't realize it, but we do. Mm -hmm. We do. Right. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely different. And so that's, uh, and, and I, but I, I actually, now that I've been taught that, I, I now tell CEOs, okay, the, well, way into this process, you're going to be critical of this because you're mm -hmm. going to see it as the same thing. But my question to you is, are your people complaining about it? My suspicion is mm -hmm. they won't be because it's the first time in training they've been asked over and over right. and over again. What's your opinion? What's your thoughts? Where are you right. at on this? How right. can you do it better? And then when they start seeing results, they go, it's truly their results, not somebody mm -hmm. who taught them that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So such a, a powerful concept. Um, so you, you have a great quote in here. On, that I like in the book, what kind of sounding board would be most helpful or most useful? Mm -hmm. And so help me understand that, that, put that in context for me, kind of frame that. You know, 
Rory, some people are verbal processors and need to talk out loud in order to resolve problems. Mm-hmm. Um, I had this one client. She was a bank CEO. Um, she was my client for eight years until the banks um, kind of collapsed and she went on to something else. Um, and um, most of the time I would go and see her. And within that hour, you know, I would use some reflections and some questions, but she talked most of the time. And at the end, she'd always say, you're so important to my bottom line. I need you so much. Now, there was a key word I said to you in this story at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. I said, she was a bank president. Mm-hmm. Okay. There was not a lot of safe places for her to go talk, you know, as CEO, even with her leadership team, there were things, you know, somebody she needed to be and what she needed to know. And she didn't feel she had a safe space just to be herself and talk things through. So sometimes that's what they're looking for. She wasn't really stuck where I needed to coach her deeply. She just needed to really talk things through and have me like move it along for her, Mm -hmm. you know? And just this morning I did a coaching demo with a woman um, who also verbal processor, but all over the place. Mm -hmm. Now she needed a safe space to talk. And she even said, this is so great that I can do this, but I needed to corral her a little bit more. You know, because she was like, boom, boom, boom. So you you have to kind of still watch. Where are we going? And keep asking that question. Where are we going with this? Do you need me to step in and, and, and put some guardrails on it? Or is it really just the safe space that you need to process this on your own? Mm-hmm. So um, there's a range of sounding board <laughs> that we can offer. I, I love that because you've got to keep it focused and you've got to get, you know, what do they want to accomplish in this mm-hmm. is one of the important questions in the coaching session. So I love another quote you had in here and you say questions are needed to create a breakthrough or new awareness. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of expand upon that concept because, you know, obviously questions are very important, but that breakthrough or new awareness. And can you give me an example of that where you've used questions, create a new breakthrough or new awareness for a client? Yeah. Well, you know, again, it, it, it's breakthrough really means that I've put a crack in your story. Mm. So um, I'm breaking through the frame of the story in your head. Your brain is a box of stories. You know, from the moment you wake up, you have morning story. Mm-hmm. This is what I do in the morning. And, and, and the stories allow us to operate without thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, but our stories get old and they're still telling us what to do and they're not necessarily serving us. So as a coach, what I'm doing is just helping you take your story out. And as I reflect to you, what I hear as you define your story, and then I ask you questions like, um, you know, I might say, wow, it sounds like you're really disappointed with that person. Um, you know, what, what were your expectations that weren't met? as you start to really sort through the story, what's going to happen is there's going to be some cracks Mm -hmm. where you see that maybe your beliefs um, aren't working um, Mm. or wrong, you know, and and let me give you an example. I was talking to a leader who was going to have a difficult conversation with an employee that he had promoted to supervisor. She wasn't performing and he had to tell her. Okay. Mm -hmm. And he was like, oh, she's going to get reactive. She's going to get emotional. She may leave and and all these things. 
you know, and so we started with, well, how do you know, you know, she's Mm going to be that way. And, um, but in the middle of this, all of a sudden he went, but I thought she'd be the one. Mm. And I know she's going to, you know, just hate this. And I said, stop, stop, stop. Mm -hmm. What just happened there? You Mm -hmm. got very quiet and almost sad Mm -hmm. when you said that. And he got very embarrassed and said, I think I promoted her too soon. Mm. I said, okay, can we step back and look at that part of the story mm-hmm. and how that might change your conversation? And that was the crack. That was the breakthrough. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because then he realized what he needed to do was to claim that and tell her, I didn't get you the development you needed and I'm willing to do that now. Would you be willing to step back and stay with me while I get you that? And she did. Wow. You know, so that's the thing. I'm just looking. I'm just really paying attention and looking for those key words and and emotional shifts and playing them back. And that creates the crack. Like this morning, the woman all over the place, she's like, wow, you really nailed it down to like three phrases, what I just said in 10 minutes. (laughs) But that's what I'm looking for. And that's, you know, it's not easy, but it's not... Um, this massive amount of, you know, academics and degrees you need. It's just practice in fully hearing what's important to them and feeding it back and being curious. Yeah, no doubt about it. I, I love, and those are great examples of that kind of story. So incredibly well done. And I've got another quote in here from the book that I liked. And it, it's kind of an interesting is closed questions can be used to test the validity of a reflective statement. Mm-hmm. And well, so many coaching schools teach you can't ask closed questions, right? Right, right. So that's why I'm asking that. That's why I'm asking that. It's so contrary to what they teach out there, right? Right, right. I mean, I can remember that even when I used to teach leadership and sales. You know, don't ask closed questions. You'll just get yes, no answers. Right. And I learned, no, not true. Um, I never get just a yes, no answer, but I use it as clarification. So at the beginning, again, trying to figure out where are we going with this? I'll say, it sounds to me, um, you know, you got two issues. You know, one is um, uh, you don't know how to deal with these people, but, but number two, you're not even sure this is the right place for you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so which one is it? That's a closed question because I'm making you choose. Mm-hmm. And then I'll say, okay, so what you're telling me is your priority is figuring this out. Is that correct? You know, and that's a closed question, but I'm confirming Mm-hmm. Where are we going? I'm clarifying. Once we know where we're going, then my questions open up. Mm-hmm. And then I'm exploring, you know, well, what makes you believe that way? What brought you to uh, this place? Um, are you sure that's their intention? Um, you know, why don't you name that for me? What mm-hmm. you think that person thinks about you? Right. Um, so absolutely, close questions. Um, and even with the International Coach Federation, People mistake, they think, oh, they want you to only ask questions. No, 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 no. There's many of how they define coaching, where they say reflections, Mm -hmm. reflective statements, and then you just ask the confirming question, which is usually closed, Mm -hmm. is an okay place to coach. Mm -hmm. No, it's so important because I've asked questions like that before. And I said, you know, this is what I think I'm hearing you say but you, you talked about this and you talked about that, which one is the, the correct one. And that's really what you're talking about. 
Absolutely. It's, we call it um, distinctions, offering a distinction. Mm-hmm. You know, is it this or is it this? Right. So no, critical. That, yeah. Absolutely. So is there one question that I didn't ask you about your book, Coach the Person, Not the Problem, that you truly, truly wanted me to ask and I missed it? Hmm. Well, you know, you sort of did when you were talking about the mental habits, but if, if I were to pull out one thing that I think is essential, um, mm-hmm is I always say mastery is the deepening, deepening of presence, not the perfectionist skill. Mm. And, and I want to say, when I first started my coaching school, um, the founder of the school, um, and this was the first coaching school in the United States, um, he said, go coach people. That's how you learn. Mm-hmm. And it was like, how can we coach people? We don't know the skills. And he said, just go love them. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget that. It's like, if I just care about you, that's the place to start. Mm-hmm. That I care and I believe in you. Mm-hmm. That you can figure this out with my help, you helping you to think, not telling you what to do. Mm-hmm. So be present, be their thinking partner, and believe in them. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. And you can really have difficult conversations with people if they know you're coming from a place of care and concern. And as you said, love. I love to say with my clients, coach like a mother. Moms will tell you things you don't want to hear, but the reason you listen is you know your mom loves you. The intention is for you, right? Right. I want to see you be a good adult. I want to see you be a good person down the road. It's, yeah. it's, it's Intention not, is important. It's not about meeting the KPIs. It's about me helping you be better. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no doubt. I, I absolutely love that. So I just want to say thank you for being on Coaching for Potential today. Marshall Reynolds uh, wrote the book, Coach the Person, Not the Problem. I love it. And Marsha, thank you for being on the program today. Thank you, Rory. And, and that was a great conversation with Marsha Reynolds the author of Coach the Person, Not the Problem. I don't know why I was so worried I was the problem before, Rory. (laughs) (laughs) You're fine. No worries, my friend, no worries. But uh, she just wrote a great book. I highly recommend it. And and she just shared a lot of great ideas today on how we can be more effective as coaches. So uh, kudos to her for a, a great job that she did. Yeah, and thanks to her for her time and the insight. Again, her website is covisioning.com you can find all about marcia and the different books that she has and that's always a good thing if you're stuck if you need some coaching yourself you reach out to someone who knows how to coach hmm i can think of someone rory how can people get a hold of you particularly if they want your assistance with building their potential uh, you are so kind, my friend. They get a hold of me at RoryRoland.com or CoachingManager.University. That's our 52-module online program. And if you've listened to the program today and you'd like to get a free scholarship to that, send me an email and we will hook you up with a free scholarship to CoachingManager.University. Yeah, what a great opportunity to uh, sharpen the saw there and mm-hmm. learn those different skills. We also want to ask people to please give us your feedback on Apple Podcast, uh, particularly or any place that you listen to this podcast. We would love a great rating and we would appreciate any comments that you have to help mm-hmm. our program grow and be better ourselves. So you bet. We appreciate that. So thank you very much, Rory. Um, have a great week. We'll see you next time. Okay. You bet, my friend. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. 
Join us next time for another discussion about the power of coaching. This has been a KCTK production produced by Paul Lavoda and Rory Rowland. For more information and content, visit RoryRowland.com.